Welcome to Stories of Change and Creativity. I'm Judy Oscom. Nothing can change your life like an injury. It's challenging, both mentally and physically. I've experienced this recently firsthand. I fell and broke my ankle at the end of August, and I realized quickly I had a lot to learn about recovery. It became a creative challenge for me, so I reached out to an expert. On this episode, I'm excited to talk with Jeff Gervitz. He's a Tiny Habits certified coach and an expert in functional exercise and fitness. If you've had an injury or you know someone who does right now, I thought you might find this information helpful. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Uh, my name is Jeff Gervitz. I think of myself as sort of a practical idealist. I run a couple of different health communities. One is a is a brick and mortar business in Toronto. It's a personal training studio. And one is mostly online called Dad Strength, um, which I think of as a relational healthcare network for dads. Um, and so we do we we have weekly meetings and then we do periodic in-person uh, meetups and retreats. And it's just a way to talk about parenthood with other kind of thought, thoughtful, tuned in people. And I, do I love stuff it. I love I it. And, it. Yeah. and I tell you, Jeff, when I, um, I'll tell you why I've reached out to you. Because uh, the beginning of the semester, I'm walking on campus like I always do. And I missed a step and fell and broke my ankle. So all of a sudden, my world changed. And I had no idea what an injury like that could do. And so I thought, I need a health and wellness expert who is also well-versed and an expert in behavior design to help me design some tiny habit behaviors and some tiny habit recipes around this injury. <laughs> and so I want, I want to ask you about injury recovery, but I want to start with the, the mindset piece of this. What I found was so difficult when I ended up in the hospital and had surgery and it was a trimolar, whatever. Ooh. So it was it was a good one. If you're gonna break an ankle, break it good. <laughs> so so I did. And, uh, yeah, and just you know, random thing. But what I have found the most interesting has been the mindset. And in your field, why is that such a big deal when we have a physical injury? You know, why wouldn't it be though? Yeah. Um, we, we often, you know, it's funny, I'm always interested in, in this sort of conversation around health and fitness that takes place online as opposed to in real life. And, and often in the online space, we talk about optimization and we talk about, you know, we draw examples from sort of bleeding edge performance and it's cool and it's fun and, and, and interesting to geek out on, but it often has very little to do with day-to-day -day health. You know, like I said, I'm a, I'm a practically minded person. Uh, so wh why wouldn't it, you're not a robot. Um, you know, and, and so we experience, we experience, well, I mean, it's, so it's a physical trauma. That part's not negotiable, right? but it's, it's also a rapid change in your abilities, right? It's, it's like what happens when we slam on the brakes in, in, in a rapidly moving car, right? A lot, a lot of things um, get slammed around. And so now you're dealing with um, not just the pain, diminished function, 
um, you're, you're having questions about your own mortality maybe, or experiencing what it's, you know, it, it can get heavy. Um, and, and the nice thing to know is this too shall pass. Um, we are, we are biological organisms and that gives us some constraints, but, um, we also heal and, um, you know, in, in years of working with folks at all levels, including athletes, um, I've come to think of injury as opportunity. Um, and, and we take, and I'm going to quote a, a pain expert here named Greg Lehman, uh, you know, and we take, we take a perspective of movement optimism. And that is to say, if you want to, you know, optimism and pessimism, I, I've kind of come to think of as almost like philosophical choices. We can paint ourselves into a corner and, and, and limit ourselves, um, or we can take the lens of asking, what well, what else can I do? Yes. And what, you know, what can I do here? What can I do here? And when we run up against a constraint, um, we just kind of zoom in and then ask again, within these constraints, what, what can I do? And so we're looking for more choices, not less. And when we negotiate a process like this, well, uh, I think we come out ahead as humans, but that doesn't make it any easier when yeah. you're in the thick of it. Uh, a trimalleolar fracture, if if folks listening don't know, uh, you managed to do the uh, the lateral and medial uh, kind of the the bony tip um, of your of your fibula, and uh, so there are two bones in the in in kind of the below the knee, and then there's the tibia, and you managed to do a number on that one too. So you know, well done. <laughs> well, it, uh, so you, you, yeah. you have some hardware. Uh, I have some hardware now, and I like to say that I'm bionic. So I'm trying to two plates and eleven screws, not as many as many people out there. So I'm not saying, but I, I'm trying to take that positive approach. That okay, now what can I do? And now that I'm bionic, how can I rehab back enough to be fully functional? I I like your point about uh, you and layman's point about um, movement optimism. Mm -hmm. So is that sort of, if I can't zig right, I'm going to zig left or what's the. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, and we're going to explore all the options for zigging left. There may be some zagging involved um, <laughs> yeah. and there may be a secret third um, option. We don't know. Yeah. And we're, and we're going to get into it. Um, how long ago was the, uh, when did you. fracture? Uh, Aug when August, was 30th, August 30th, August 30th. Okay. So it's, uh, uh, I went right in and had surgery the next morning and now I'm, now I'm off. Um, I never was in a cast, so they didn't put me in a cast. And so I'm now off of the knee scooter and hopping around. Now I'm on a walker. So I'm walking, but yeah. I'm going, I started PT about two weeks ago. Cool. How's it going? Yeah. Pretty good. Pretty good. I've got a lot of swelling though. I'm noticing a lot of swelling when I'm standing up too much when I'm overdoing it. And yeah. so the idea of, you know, the the rice, the rest ice compression and all of that. Can we can we talk about that? Yeah. Um, let's talk about rice as sort of a yes. PSA. Um, everybody knows that uh it's really out of date. And even the person that came up with the protocol says don't do that anymore. You know this? Okay. Tell me about it. Tell me about it. Okay. Um, so, uh, I mean, it's a little bit different. I'm going to, I'll just put in a, a caveat. It's a little bit different with chronic inflammation, but 
um, you know, the thinking, the more modern thinking around this stuff is, let's say you have a, a more minor injury, you 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 sprain your ankle or you you pull a muscle or something, and there's some inflammation. That's um, that's good. Your body is healing, um, especially uh, you know in in a, in a bony bit. How do we how do we get the nutrients to the to the damaged area? How do we repair it? Uh, blood delivers those nutrients, so we don't want to we don't want to cut it off. So there's a um, so rather than than uh, rice here, I'm gonna and and this this is a lot to remember. I'll go through it. Uh, one of the more modern lenses is peace and love, baby. Uh, so, uh, and that like stands that. for, yeah, right. We're, we're, we're about that life. Um, <laughs> yeah. so protection. So stop doing stuff that hurts it, yeah. uh, elevation. So as you've been doing, so this yeah. is, this is one of the things you can do to maybe manage more chronic inflammation. Um, the A is avoid anti-inflammatories. So there, you know, just to be crystal clear, yeah. um, compression, not a bad idea. So it's optional, but it's fine. And then education knowing, Hey, how long does this stuff take to heal? What are my yeah. options? How do I avoid underdoing it? How do I avoid yeah. overdoing it? And then love to me is, is really on the exercise side. And this is, this is where folks like me like to, to work. So load it. Okay. And, you know, especially with avascular tissue. So let's say we've got something that has very poor blood supply or no blood supply. Um, joints um, by, by compressing them, by smushing them down, we sort of get this, this um, diffusion of nutrients. So that's how, so we actually need that, um, you know, in lieu of blood flow optimism, right. Uh, Know that there's a path forward and that we're going to be creative and we're going to be curious, but we can, we can figure out ways to do this. Um, Vascularization is the V in love. And so what that might mean for, for you, you know, for example, if we were working together, um, we would figure out, okay, how much loading can we do? How much is productive? We try to keep it in the sweet spot, but we do a bunch of upper body work too, because let's say we've got you doing, uh, we've got you pumping iron or doing some cyclic upper body work, like, uh, uh, folks like battle ropes, for example, uh, making weight, grabbing a couple ropes, making waves in them, uh, that, that promotes blood flow. So again, we're gonna we're gonna get some passive benefit from that, um, and then the, the Ian loves exercise in general. And the idea is we want to, and I've got a framework that I'm gonna share with you that I use. Yeah. But the idea is, you know, um, get your mobility back, um, check in with your body, like rebuild that awareness. Sometimes proprioception, like our ability to feel where we are in space, will, will be diminished. Mm-hmm. One of the really, you know, pain science has really evolved over the last decade, and and one of the things that happens a lot of the time is. Um, when we've had an injury and, and ankles are a great example of this, actually, um, we sort of, um, forget the edges, like if everything becomes blurry and we're not sure like what movements hurt and what movements don't. So if you've it's ever heard, hard, it's hard to identify it too. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we have apprehension mm-hmm. about this. So step one is don't get yourself into trouble. Right. And I, I'll, I'll break down some, some ways you can do this in terms of exercise selection, but, know that you're safe. And if you know that you're safe and that you can kind of dip your toes in the water of loading or, or you know, any kind of uh, sensory experience, you'll start to say, oh, I thought this would hurt. When I load it really lightly, actually, yeah. this feels okay. It doesn't like maybe in this direction, but this direction is fine. Okay. I'm going to load it a little bit more. And then you start to mark up more accurately. So we're respecting pain. Um, 
and and just because there's pain, it doesn't necessarily mean there's anything biomechanically wrong. There's anything structurally wrong. Sure. And I talk to folks all the time who say, I, you know, I, I had pain. I went and I got imaging and they said, we don't see anything. Pain's complex, right? Um, but we, we, I like to just listen to those signals and respect them um, as we, as we calm your nervous system down and start to figure out, okay, what are all the, what are all of our options that are pain-free? Typically they're more than you thought you had. Mm-hmm. And that's already moving in, a, in the direction of optimism. So this is good. And yeah. and as far as loading, then you mean, you mean just weight bearing on that leg, or do you mean a weight doing weights or anything? Uh, all of the above. Okay. So specifically, we have to be smart about it. And we have to be careful and progressive, um, and we want to load um, and see you know, again, how is your body responding? Mm-hmm. Uh, because loading is, is going to promote healing as long as we don't overdo it. But I also like to look at um, any kind of exercise intensity we can bring to the rest of the body. Once we're out of the acute phase, like if you're post-surgical, okay, another yeah. story, we're going to be gentler. But um, let's say you're, you've got a lower body injury. How hard can we go upper body? Mm-hmm. That's generally this, this um, promotes systemic function. We get that blood flow, that vascularization. I mentioned, um, and, and good things didn't happen. It also helps you feel like, okay, I have a path forward. Uh, I'm maybe, maybe my, my legs are covering, but I can get stronger in my upper body. You know, well, um, when I say injury, there is opportunity. It's like, okay, I'm going to be a specialist. I'm going to be an upper body specialist for a while. Um, okay. That's cool. You can work your cord. You can, yeah. And that mindset, I think really would help because I'm telling you that there, there's some dark, I've been down some, a dark path here a little bit mm. thinking that, I'm stuck in these walls for two and a half, three months and just trying to figure out, okay. And, and I think there's a trust issue with your body, or at least there is with mine in that, Hey, did my body let me down? And then how do I make sure that I don't let my body down in the future? I mean, that sounds silly, but do you know what I mean by that? hundred percent. Yeah. We've got to work together. And there is, it is, there's this sort of relationship. I mean, and, you know, I don't want to be reductive about it, you know, and, and, and kind of throw the brain and body in, into separate buckets. We work together, but we are, we are getting like our kind of our thinky brain or our neocortex is getting signals from our, from our body. And then the question is, how am I responding to these things? Mm-hmm. Right. So um, being able to work together to be respond, what is a good relationship, right? Mm-hmm. Um, somebody communicates something to you and you respect it. You, you, if you don't agree you you probe it, you you ask questions, you display curiosity, you display trust. But um, if both people are open to, to being wrong, um, then then these kinds of conversations um, can take us, you know, way down the path. And we can do these, we can have these same kinds of conversations with our body. Is this okay? I'm afraid this is not okay. Right, right. What's the what's what's the minimum? Uh, what's kind of an MVP version? You know, what's the the minimum version I can try to just do this? So here. Um, I'll share a framework that I use to ask these questions. So this is a movement optimism framework. This is a path of inquiry. Um, and this is generally sort of um, a, more or less a linear process that we'll go through. So I, so, so there is sort of a hierarchy or there, there is a, you know, step one, step two, step three, et cetera. Uh, so the first question is range. Okay. Um, how is your ankle range of motion, by the way? It's it's pretty good. It's not as good as my right foot and my right ankle, but I'm still a little swollen there and it feels very tight. It just feels like there's a band around it. 
I know there's yeah, not, so, but because of the swelling, I think. Yeah, it feels that way. So it's hard to say, you know, ultimately what your what your range is going to be um, until the swelling subsides. So that's okay. Um, so you know, you know what you've got, but but generally, the you know, um, surgeons are really good about this, and the whole point is they want. They they allow for very little variance. Yeah. They want everything just so. Otherwise, there's there's no real point. You know, there, there's a real risk of of arthritic changes. Otherwise, so um, to to go to the trouble of surgery, they're going to get things locked in mm-hmm. into a great position. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to get the, whatever range we can. Okay. So once you max that, so if you're doing some gentle range of motion things, probably if you hadn't done anything, you start right. to do take your ankle through range. It's going to improve, and right. it'll improve for a little while, and then you'll sort of hit a block. Okay. So we zig for a while. It's time to zag. So the next uh, thing is loading. How do we load? Um, so the the tricky bit is um, we may not tolerate, a, you know, weight bearing very well just yet, or you you might tolerate it in kind of limit, you know, smaller doses. Right. And I I like to, especially in rehab, um, I like to I prioritize frequency over duration mm-hmm. or intensity. Right. So re- better to do things like a bunch of times over the course of the day that are, that are kind of smaller. So uh, let's say it hurts to weight bear. Okay. Um, you could uh, lay on your back on the floor and kind of push your foot into the wall. You've got control mm-hmm. there uh, in a, in a gym setting. You could um, let's see uh, like a leg press where you can, you can deload it. So you're, you're pushing way less than your body weight. Um, I, I'm doing I do the bands. I'm doing the bands, the elastic bands. Elastic band. What are you doing with them? I'm uh, uh, putting them right below my toes and pulling up, and so I can get some stretch. And okay. I'm pushing okay. forward. Um, so, so this is this can be helpful too. I like the feedback that you get from bands. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think they're like uh, if you're on the floor. I don't think you're going to get a, a ton of loading. They're not loading really. right. They're not loading but, right. But you're gonna yeah. you you can you can feel the difference of okay if I push with this part of my foot right. if I put it around my heel my arch. So, you know, closer to the front of the foot, you'll feel like what positions feel better. Um, I do want to get folks standing as, as soon as possible. So a couple of options might be to say, uh, to deal with the body weight standing, you can hold onto a post, you could use a, a, a resistance band, like a thicker one. Um, and, and, and kind of just stand on the one leg or start to, you know, play around there. You could use a cable machine. Um, mm-hmm. you, you could harness up, but I'd rather, you know, let's use the upper body if we can, if we're strong yeah. enough hold everything in. Um, again, you know, train, train that. Uh, so that's, that's our loading. Right. And then the next step is capacity. So, which is kind of like, okay, I I loaded it once and then I rest a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, how often, how long can I load for? So you're, you're rather than often an exercise with the general population, we're looking for the minimum effective dose. How little can you do and get the most out of it? Like what's your highest ROI on time? In, in a rehab scenario, we're looking for, you know, what's, what's our maximum tolerable dose? How much can you do as we try to, you know, accelerate you coming back up to everyday functionality? So we've done, um, we've done range, we've done load, we've done capacity, right? Uh, and then we go to velocity. Now we start to move with a little more speed, uh, become a little more athletic. I have, an, I have one more piece to this, which we, we, wouldn't have to worry about if you're a competitive athlete. I, I have sort of a, a chaos. Well, I wish I were, but I'm not. <laughs> well, you know, um, senior Olympics someday, maybe. <laughs> uh, think about powerlifting. Oh yeah, good. There's some some really incredible 
you know, ma- masters plus power lifters out there. And it's okay. just, it's a learnable skill. Okay. Um, and you don't even have to be explosive by the way. Yeah. Um, if you're more of a grinder, you, you, you can okay. be great <laughs> power lifting. Um, but so, and then we kind of, you know, every time we hit the edge of one of these things, we might, we may go back to the beginning and start mm-hmm. building again, or we might yeah. go all the way through. Um, and so, all right, what's my range. Okay. Did I load it? Now I'm going to load. Okay. I'm standing. I can wait bear. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to wait bear and take, you know, maybe bend my knee a little bit, let the ankle move, take it through a range. Okay. And then I'm going to, and then I'm going to add more, more kind of overall volume to that. And then later on, not yet, we might add some speed. Um, you know, eventually we want to be able to say jump, but we're not yeah, going to get there. I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. So, but, so what's, yeah. what, you know, so, so this is where you get to be creative. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and move away from binary thinking. It's like, well, I'm not jumping. So everything sucks. It's well, you can st- stamp, stamp your little foot. Right. Right. Um, put, put a bit of force on the ground, be very gentle, mm-hmm. see how that feels, mm-hmm. uh, bump it up. Um, if everything, you know, wh- what I recommend is going through these things and being very sort of incremental in what you're adding. And you should be able to make progress in this way, more or less, more or less every day for quite a while, quite a while. Um, and, and the important thing is eventually, right. And I, I different, I'm not a clinician, so I'm not, I'm sure. not the guy to deal with like wh- if, when you are in pain, but what I'm very good at is asking the question of how much can we do without pain? Right. Right. right? Um, and so when we add incrementally, eventually we're going to get, you're going to have a day where we kind of blow yourself up a little bit and you're like, ah, oh, I'm sore. And I had some inflammation and that's okay because we didn't go from zero to 10 in, in one fell swoop, we went from like, you know, we, we, we took tiny steps and at some point you got, you know, 8.3, 8.4, oh, 8.4 was where you yeah. had some, some stuff going on. Great. We didn't, we didn't, um, dramatically overreach. You can rest, you'll recover just fine. And then now you've got a much better sense of what your capacity is at a given time. Well, and I have a great physical therapist named Kevin. And when I went in Monday, we did some exercises and then we would ice exercise and then ice because he could see immediately that it would, you know, swelling would go down if if he iced a little bit. So again, we yeah. were at that point, I think, maybe. Sure. Or, yeah. you know, he might've been thinking, well, what we're going to do, you know, why do, why do we do like sonic cold plunge, sonic cold plunge? We're getting, we're, we're, we're yeah. um, getting this passive movement of blood and circulation. So, so that, that makes a lot of sense in that, in that context. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um well, and and when all this was, when I was in the thick of this, Jeff, I really thought, how can I then change my mindset and try and use tiny habits with that and to build some tiny habit recipes around, around that? And one thing, when I was hopping around on the, on one foot, I had no weight bearing at all. I would stand on my right foot and say on my right, on my right, on my right, because I could mm-hmm. not put that left foot down. So that became my tiny habit recipe. So do you use those in your training? Do you help your your folks yeah. do some habits? And yeah, absolutely. So um and these are so individual, but yeah. um here's how I would, you know, so let's say you're 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 okay. So you're standing, you're weight bearing. Um a lot of these things come down to setting up your movement impeccably. It's so important. Um, and here's the cool thing, right? So here I am, I've got a sore ankle, got some lower extremity pain, 
Um, but I can stand. Um, and now I'm going to ask the question of, do I have a position that feels good? And I'll tell you my, what my default position is when we start to do leg training. Okay. Um, we're going to think of the foot in four points. So that's the base of the big toe, base of the pinky toe, lateral and medial aspects of the heel. So um, you got a, two points on the inside, two points on the outside. And we're going to, um, you know, and if you're listening to this, you can and stand up and you can kind of play around and we're going to try to get equal distribution on all these four points. Now, this is a good default. Maybe you have pain if you weight bear more on one side um, than the other side. You have, you have a well-distributed uh, fracture in your case, so it's hard to say. Um, mm -hmm. So it might be just about really getting everything vertically stacked. Cool. Okay. So we've got these four points. And then I like to bend the knee um, so we're not locked out. So it's over the midfoot, more or less. So now this is, this is a more athletic position. Um, I, and as I do this, as my weight shifted around my, in my foot. Okay. Um, a lot of folks, you know, and, and I would recommend training this barefoot. A lot of folks don't have very strong feet and we want to build the intrinsic, uh, muscles of the foot. This is huge. And it this is. will be helpful yeah. for the rest of your life. So, mm -hmm. um, building, building the strength through your foot, building that awareness. Okay. So now I can weight bear. Great. Now can I, can I gently, and, and I want to do this. I want to shift my hip over to the side because your center, when you're standing on two feet, your center of mass is between your feet. Mm -hmm. We we're going to, we're about to unload one of your feet. So option one is you're going to hit your hips and you're going to tilt. Mm -hmm. But what I want you to be able to do is preemptively shift your weight to the side so that picking that foot off the floor is, is academic. Nothing really changes other than, than where you move it. Okay. So now we've got a great position. It still feels good. So we could deload this. We could use a band. We could use a cable. We can deload this. Then the next step, range. So we don't have to move the ankle. And in fact, I would, I would keep the, the ankle in exactly the same place. I wouldn't move the knee. Let's take the complexity out of it. And what I would start to do is slide the other foot backwards. Mm -hmm. You can just kind of slide around, you know, on the ground without putting any weight on it. So move it a little bit. And then... Um, to come back, you push your foot, you smush it vertically straight into the floor. Those four points go, go vertically down and that's, what's going to move you. Right. Um, the way are kind of, um, a lot of what we teach in terms of tiny habits, um, comes, I would file under intention. Uh, we are not great as a species at linear processing. There's a lot of sensory information and it's too much to micromanage every little thing. So when people say, Oh, squeeze, squeeze your glutes, engage your abs. I don't really know what that means. And I don't think anybody else does either. But what we're amazing at is global pattern recognition and problem solving. So when you say um, push on the ground, like you're going to jump up and touch the ceiling, people do that automatically. You can do that. So helping people tune in to the kind of movement intention, the task intention that we have, um, you know, let's say we were doing a lateral shuffle and this, this might be a great thing for you to work on with my, Start with just gentle movement side to side, right? We might add, you know, you could put a mini band on your knees or you could add some velocity over time. And now as, you know, as, as we progress you, you might come to the edge. We say, okay, this is where you're going to put the brakes on. And now you're moving with some speed. So you've got to decelerate. Okay. Now we're building some, so some real life kind of functional uh, capacities in you, but it's one thing to go, oh, don't move past this line. Or, you know, or do this with your body. It's another thing to go, this is a, the edge of a cliff. Right. Get as close as you can without going over. And immediately people, uh, 
your your brain will recognize that you will see okay this makes sense there's a story here mm-hmm. um and it's kind of fun yeah you won't um you're not it's an imaginary cliff so you definitely won't die um by falling over but we can kind of play play with it a little bit um and build these stories and these challenges for ourselves and it's first of all it's more fun feels a lot more engaging than just you know going through everything you know um just ticking boxes rep after rep um I, you really need to be present for this but it also helps you connect and organize um the 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 intra and uh in pardon me the inter and intramuscular coordination which is to say how are the muscles you know in in the targeted area doing but how are we putting this all together because your core has to work too if i put the brakes on with my leg and my and and i haven't engaged enough for my abs i'm going to kind of blind over, over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. so you got to you, you know um you will do this automatically. So um, giving people uh, building habits for a great setup, high quality, high integrity setup, and then an execution and intention for movement um, and having lots of, the more apprehensive you are, the more issues you have or the more pain, the more little speed bumps we have to put in these things where you can check in on your position. Mm. Um, But to be religious about every time at the top of the rep, I'm going to reset, I'm going to go through this whole, even if it feels like it takes forever, to okay, I'm checking in on the points of my feet, checking on my weight distribution. Where's my knee? Where are my hips? It may feel like a lot of stuff, but as you practice it, a, it becomes a lot more fluid and it becomes internalized, it becomes integrated, and we take it out of the thinky brain, take it subcortically. Um, but the other part of this is, um, it just this is this is where we're building habits, right? Um, and it allows you it it frees up attention. Right to do right. other things, so it, so it builds. So just because it feels, um, just because it feels slow, it doesn't mean it's going to stay that way forever. So that's the other thing we have to. I mean that that would be a thing I would say to myself all the time. It's not going to be this pace forever. I'm yeah. you know I'm gaining momentum, or yeah. I'm I'm doing the work. Yeah. Um, whatever you need to say to yourself. So what are your values, right? What kind of I know I know you a little bit. Yeah, you do. Um, but what you know what's what's a value? What's it like as a person as a human? Well, um, I, I will say before I get into my personal <laughs> approach to life, that that exercise, this the back and forth is exactly part of my homework from my PT. Great. So so I think part of that, what I'm trying to do is think about after I stand up to do my exercise, I will plant my foot. Mm-hmm. And then one goes over to the right, and then I could do the back and forth. So I'm trying to think about how to make that uh, conscious and intentional, like you said. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so, so there's some, sometimes there's some frameworks we can use. Um, so as an example, uh, I might have, if you were in here, I might get you next to a, a squat rack and you grab a post, mm. really, really grip it. Okay. And so now we're going to add some loading. So instead of, straightening up as you, as you, as you come up, what we might do instead is grab the post and try to drive your foot down into the ground. Um, sometimes I'll have folks step onto a, um, a foam, mm-hmm. uh, pad, mm-hmm. an Airx pad. Uh, that's the, it's the brand of choice. Right. No, right. Uh, uh, no sponsorship, but it is, <laughs> it is great. It is a great quality thing. And so now 
rather than thinking about moving up, what I'm doing is I'm creating enough stability to drive downward and try to drive my foot through it, through the floor. Mm -hmm. Your core muscles will organize, uh, your whole upper body will organize and, and you'll, it will feel different. Um, and this is still our intention. When we think about straightening up, we often think about trying to lift everything, but that's not how Newton's third law works. We need to direct energy into the ground. So sometimes revamping our the frame sort of the mental model or the framework we have having a different image or a different intention again will make the exercise more effective so just asking the question of okay i'm going to try a few different versions of this i'm going to you know i'm going to try to move in a few different ways and just you know continually being interested and curious about what's what's the version that works for me mm-hmm. now on that on that exercise we we're talking about that hinging i'll say i'll mention one thing once you get to the edge if you're if you're feeling good what I like to do is just add even a centimeter, like a tiniest drop, just a little bit of a vertical drop, and then again, drive into the ground, stand up. So that's in time, this is going to become a lunge as you're able to drop that rear knee closer and closer to the ground. But even one centimeter drop and coming up, you're going to feel your leg muscles fire up. Um, so again, this, this shifts it away from um, more of a sort of a rote you know, what, what I'm really against in rehab is this like a ritual, like, ah, I did this thing with a band. I did a bunch of times right, and, right. you know, I prayed to the rehab gods and, and, you know, and I hope it helps. No, like how connect your body. This is, yeah. this is fun. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's amazing that those little steps can make such a difference. Those little movements mm-hmm. of moving your right foot out half an inch and then stepping over a small cone to put mm-hmm. the, to put the weight on your left, on the injured yeah. ankle. So again, Kevin's got me doing some really good stuff, I think. But it's amazing that Sounds such a way. small motion can really make a difference. So I think the tiny all, things, and I time, think yeah. recognizing that is something that we're so used to just moving through life. And my pace is pretty fast. <laughs> And to slow mm. down to such a complete stop, it's as if the universe said, you're stopping out for a while, <laughs> you know? So again, all I think all of those things help us rewire the brain to recognize that celebration too. Yeah, sometimes celebration is factory installed. Like if mindfulness is a value for you as a person, yeah. you know, one of the things I um, I speak to a lot is, is the fact that... Um, this idea of right now, when is the present happening, still can be a bit of an abstract concept, but physical sensation is an incredible conduit to the present. What you're feeling is happening right now. And so if, if presence is a priority for you, you are practicing. This is a form of meditation. This is a form of mindfulness um, that just happens to be taking care of your body too. Um, so, so tying these things into your values. I'm not a great natural celebrators in, in the sense of, you know, me neither, um, but high-fiving myself. Yeah, this is such right. a, uh, you know, a big part of, uh, of tiny habits. And this is, this is really kind of self-reinforcing behavior, but I'm a values driven person. And so, and, and you are too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, when we say I am, I'm displaying, I'm practicing this value that I have, that's right. real that, and that is a celebration because it's, you're doing something that, that is important to you personally. Well, now you've got me thinking about bodybuilding in the future or weightlifting or whatever you call it. So it's like, (laughs) well, yeah, I know we're going to have some, some folks listening who might have, uh, 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 an ankle or foot or leg injury. 
Uh, besides the, your framework, are there some simple habits that you would recommend just uh, for them to just help their mindset? Because to me, again, it goes back to the mindset, uh, the physical, they can learn and practice. But mm-hmm. what do you recommend? Yeah, I recommend being a movement optimist. I recommend looking for opportunity. Like as soon as you hit a constraint, going great. Now I've got to be creative. How can I, through this framework, through loading, range, um, capacity, velocity, even chaos, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you can, you know, as an example, let's say, let's say I've been working my rehab exercise and it's progressing. And now I feel kind of stuck. It's plateaued. I haven't been able to do anything else. Um, okay. Maybe leave that. Um, let's say it's a lower body exercise. Go um, get your heart rate up elsewhere. Challenge yourself elsewhere. And now come back, now that your heart rate and your respiration are up, come back and repeat this. You have you have put a layer of challenge onto this same thing without changing anything else. All you did was come in with, with a slightly more uh, challenged system. So there's so many interesting ways. And, and by navigating this effectively, you just build such a great, internal language. Um, this stuff is important to me. Um, you know, I assume anybody listening, it's important to them, um, staying healthy, um, throughout life, maximizing health span, like your ability to physically engage with life. So these tools, right. Um, can be great. Uh, one of the things, uh, I want to share is often if I have pain, you know, so here's a great example, you do a movement and it hurts, but then you really dial in your technique and you perform it more, you know, closer to perfect. And then it doesn't hurt. Goodness. Now you have a feedback mechanism for excellent technique that you may not have tuned into before. So, you know, the stakes are higher. It hurts if you get it wrong, but as, as long as you can do this safely, right. And, and there's a little, your errors are not catastrophic. Um, you're going to find that you refine your movement patterns uh, really well. As a, as a PSA, I want to say, you know, as, as good a job as the dairy board did of saying, you know, you know, kind of convincing the world that, that bones are made of calcium, uh, bones are largely protein. Yeah. And so if you are healing from an injury like this, um, bumping up your protein intake and probably your total caloric intake uh, is, is really important. Yeah. That's that's a great tip. That's a great tip. Well, Jeff, I was since this happened, I've been thinking about getting you on the podcast and and having you share your your uh, inspiration and your your knowledge and your expertise. And I just want to thank you for that. I'm kind of motivated again now. Thank you, Jeff. <laughs> I I love talking to you, Judy. Uh, my pleasure. Anytime. All around me. I will. I will. You can check out the Dad Strength Podcast on all major platforms. Thanks for listening to the show. Please leave a review and any feedback you have. And remember, if you've got a story to share or know someone who does, reach out to me at judyoscom.com. Thanks for listening.